0: Let me just say where I wanted to go at. I pulled up something. The Board of Commissioners for the Baltimore City Housing Authority. The commissioners on the Housing Authority of Baltimore City Board are appointed by the mayor of Baltimore City. A diverse five-panel member board is the governing body for HABC responsible for the board of commissioners include responsibilities for the board of commissioners include policies and procedures governing key or operation and financial matters related to HAPC housing programs. The board of commissioners are off. James Lee Smith is the chairman, Robin Carter is the vice chairman, Dr. Boyer G. Friedman is the commissioner. Sharon Jones is a resident. The reason I bring this up, I have worked with Miss Jones when she was, or still is, a public housing resident. I have worked with Reverend Boyer Freeman, the pastor of the St. Mark's Baptist Church. Now, right here, they governed the housing authority policy and procedure. Now, I have been for years asking the board of commissioners to investigate the executive director and the commissioner then Paul T. Graziano, now Janet Abrams. Now, can someone explain to me why this board, who know how to contact me, have not called me in because I sent Mr. Uh, Mr. Smith, the, the chairperson, over 400 papers relating to fraud, abuse of power, and retaliation by the Housing Authority leadership. Now, keep in mind, when Graziano was there, he had a person by the name of Jan Gosley. She is the legal counsel for the housing authority. No one get terminated. No one get disciplined unless she signed off on it. The reason I bring that up, she is still there. I called the office, her office, last week to make a complaint. They kept me on hold when they heard my number until the phone died out. So now I hear all this talking about fraud at North Avenue, but I'm very, very disappointed when our elected politicians will not utter the word of HABC or Housing and Community Development out of their mouth when it comes to fraud. Can someone explain to me why this agency, which is true now, but it really is one, is above reproach and no one question their fiscal responsibility, the corruption and the nepotism and abuse of the Baltimore citizens that go on daily let me just say i am so proud of local 647 for what they did last week when they rejected that unfair contract brought to them by their union representatives that are in bed with the political and the leadership at the baltimore city housing authority now all yes i mean all authority at the cadillac parade the politicians tell me how much they love me they whoosh i would not call any names
1: off 17-
2: Welcome to the Africana Magazine News Podcast. I'm your host, Eugene Brown. Africana Magazine News presents You'll be able to create your own brand. Self. This podcast was recorded in the Elizabeth Brown Studios in Baltimore, Maryland.
1: See,
0: you got to understand, Gene. I'm the same guy that they called, considered, and called the housing authority whistleblower with the sex for maintenance scandal at Baltimore City Public Schools where I called out Glenn Middleton, who is the executive director of Council 67 that represent us, that he colluded with the housing authority to get me terminated then because we, I, and the president, Anthony Coates, led a protest on the 13th floor of 417, which is the housing building on Fair Street. Then we marched over to the mayor's office and he was the godfather of Stephanie rowland Blake, right. so he never forgave me for that. Right. So, okay. I, to answer your question, no.
2: But I don't understand when I hear you on the radio sometimes, is that now you are not working for housing, but you're working for the school system? How did Correct. that? How did that come about? How did you get to? Uh, uh,
0: oh, I put in I put in an application, and I was the first person hired in this division. They created a new division because of the problems they had with the heat and the air. And uh, I believe around 2018, when the schools didn't have any heat in the winter. So they created a division. I was the first person hired in that division. So I had seniority. So this goes back to when I was passed over for the lead supervisor position for this young lady. I told you that's in a relationship with somebody over North
2: Avenue. Right. She came in. Just hold on. So, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, get the, um, the, uh, you know, the history of how you are where you are now conversation. Go ahead,
0: man. Yes. The labor relation and negotiation specialist for the Baltimore City Public School by the name of Gary Grant, he has intimidated the custodian and cafeteria staff at School 215, which is Hollandtown. when these people came forth, including the vice principal, came forth to say we was there. They know we was there because they talked to us. He intimidated them. And they refused to give statements because they was intimidated. Then I have a statement from one of the young ladies in the cafeteria stating that we were there on multiple days, November the 16th included. Mm-hmm. But when you have a culture, like a person by the name of Jonathan Collins, he's the assistant associate deputy director. His story is he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. So when you go up against his intellect, he get upset and start to retaliate. I have filed complaints on them with Blaine Lipsky, who is the director of facilities for Baltimore City Public School System, and they have done nothing. I have tried to launch an investigation through the Office of Investigation with the investigator by the name of Ms. Donna Hawkins concerning retaliation. She did nothing, but keep on pushing me off, saying she's going to get back to me. Mm -hmm. Now, they are aware of these. Well, well, put it like this. They have my supervisor, have never been in the field, has less than two years of service in, knows absolutely nothing, and they promoted her because of her relationship, Baltimore City public school system. That's why she was promoted. Mm-hmm. I filed a complaint, and I met with Lynette Washington, who is the director of facilities in Blaine Lifty, to express my frustration with this. I should have sued them then. Yeah. But this is a history. is a video footage of us being where we're supposed to be. There's a GPS on the truck. We have cell phones and email. basically what they are trying to say that they could not find us from 6:30 to 9:30. They never try to find us. The protocol is we receive our work orders off a board our assignment board which is in the garage. And in order for me to get the van, I have to physically get the keys, the gas card, and the vehicle logbook from the supervisor who stated in a statement, she never saw me on November the 16th, which is an absolute lie, right. because how could I get the equipment to leave? Now, we were assigned to Region 1, Mr. Antoine Magaba. So when we assigned to Region 1, we get our instructions and our work order from Mr. Antoine Magaba. I tried to call Mr. Antoine MacGyver in the morning to get work assignments. He never picked the phone up. Then I received a call from Jonathan Collins to go to School 66, which is Mount Royal Elementary. We went there. We completed the work. He persistently asked for us to bring the filters, the dirty filters, back from the air purifier. We placed them in a plastic bag and took them to him. In his termination letter, in his as a termination letter, termination witness he stated that he never saw it. well I had pictures I sent him pictures then he tried to say I sent him the pictures they don't match up with the time well if you sent me somewhere and if you know anything about a cell phone sometimes when you take so many pictures some of the pictures don't go through so you get a notification on the phone that the picture didn't get through so when I got the notification I sent them the same pictures that I sent them at 942
2: I've heard you on the radio, and, and I've heard you uh, criticize uh, Mayor, you know, former Mayor Jack Young. C- can you give me just a little bit of background on
0: well, well, Jack Young was the city council president at the time. I personally went to Jack Young and asked Jack Young to intervene for my situation when I was with the housing authority of Baltimore City, and Jack Young stated to me that he had no authority. Then on another occasion, when he was the mayor, I ran into him at Annapolis a, nat- a taxpayer night, and and he said that he did everything he could. He spoke to Graziano, but they had so much hate and vengeance for me, they wanted to get rid of me. I say, well, that's not my question. You're supposed to be the second most powerful elected official in the city, and you did nothing for our whole constituency in the city.
2: Okay, so, so yeah. okay, so now you said that he was the second most powerful man. So who yeah. who if he's the mayor and he's not the most powerful man, who's the first and most powerful man? The Greater Baltimore Committee. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm sorry, that was kind of a setup. Uh, no, late.
0: Keep 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 in mind the when I was at the Housing Authority, the greater the Greater Baltimore Committee and members call housing. They call the radio stations to try to get me barred from the radio station. Right. I went to the I did an interview at the Real News Network. Bob Embry himself, chief mayor of Baltimore City, Bob Embry, from the Casey Foundation, called them and told them he don't want me to do an interview on a real news network and everything. Then the Housing Authority, communication deputy, called WOLB 1010 and told Patrick Henderson's show not to let me get on the show or what they, or to, or they told the manager, that they're going to cancel their sponsorship if they allow me to keep coming on talking about housing issues.
2: Okay, let me ask you another question in reference to city officials. So at that time, the city council president was the, the now-present mayor, correct? No, no. Well, who
0: no, was city council? At that, time, at that time, the city council president was Jack Young
1: and Stephanie Rawlin-Voice was the mayor.
2: Oh, okay, 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 I'm following you mm-hmm, Okay, mm-hmm, so that's why, mm-hmm. in a sense, okay, yes. so he's like the third most powerful man at the time.
1: <laughs> right, okay, right, okay.
2: right. <laughs> okay, so when he became the second most the, um. Um, Jack Young became the second most powerful man in the city. Then Brandon Scott was city council president.
0: Correct. And I, and, I, and I called Brandon Scott's office and I called Mayor Jack Young's office to explain to them some of the issues that Baltimore City Housing Authority was not receiving personal protection equipment and they both said the same thing. They wait, 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 Let me tell you what Brandon Scott said. He said they have no authority over the Baltimore City public school system. That's so when I spoke to Man Jack Young about we're not receiving has it paid, we're not receiving the essential worker pay. He said he's gonna call Dr. Santalise. He called Dr. Santalise. I text him, he texted me back that Dr. Santalise said that we was not directly working with the public and she's not paying us essential pay. But they paid the five, they paid the police. The school
2: police, they paid the cafeteria workers, but they would not pay the people who keep the building safe for our children. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, not to get off subject, but that seems to be a theme, kind of throughout the the country. The, uh, of course, you know, um, we're, we're not uh, first responders, but the peop the little people, the people who work in restaurants, you know, your uh, servers, dishwashers, cashiers uh in, in retail locations you know they, and um well, you know Because when I go through the grocery store, there's nobody more vulnerable to uh, the, the the corona than you know than people like yourself, you know what I mean yeah, so understand
0: we are first responders because let me give you a, a oh no no, i
2: agree with I agree right. with i know you're first responders. Right, I agree right. with you, but I just think that right? Uh, uh you know the the powers to be you know that are, that are in charge. Uh-huh. Really minimize us, and it's almost as though we are expendable.
1: Right, that's
0: what you're right about that. you 100%, yeah. Because you have to understand, and when you're, dealing, let's say like when you're dealing with the Baltimore City public school system, and we who work in facilities and engineering and the mechanical service division, the very teachers that are entrusted, the administrators that are entrusted to teach our children, they look down on us through power work. Right. You know, that, 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 that can be proven. They look down on us. Yeah. You know, and, and my, my, my reason would bring that up, when you have the administration at Baltimore City Public School System, they look down on us. They mm-hmm. don't communicate with us nor talk to us. They talk at us. Yes. It's like I was telling you about the associate deputy director, uh, Johnson Collins. Yes. He never introduced himself to us. Uh-huh. We never had a meeting with a written with a written agenda. Then, Jane, he come, he, he make up some form that they're going to punish us if we don't have our M95 masks on when we get to the school and we don't sign it. That's very good. But consider it, it took you eight months to get us PPE. Then you come in on the back end to try to punish us on something where most of the guys there and women there doesn't even understand how to put the mask, the respirators on, nor do they have any safety training on personal protection equipment, the use of, and what it's for. Right. And that's come from the leadership there doesn't know. But uh-huh. like I'm telling you, they tell me about my supervisor that I shouldn't ask her, they being Jonathan Collins and the manager of the department, Mr. Chris Warkowski. Uh-huh. They tell me not to ask her any technical or mechanical questions because she
2: don't know. Yep. So i got to call her. Now, Bobby, I... I think you know. I think I, I I empathize with you, and I understand where you're coming from. But I think some people might think think that this is more on a a personal level. But you know, I don't think it's on a personal level because the in, the inter, you know the inter the interaction between a uh, management and labor, you know that's 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 historical mean? you one hundred percent right,
0: James. So it so, is personal. Yeah, it, it, well, because because it, they don't like me because they want me to be a supervisor and a manager to take me away from advocating for their employees. Yes, I but, don't want to
2: be a so, supervisor, okay. a manager. So manager. so, so, so what you, um, let me just piggyback on what you're saying. So what they want to do is what they te- what they will t- a strategy that's been used for years because when I was in banking, they did the same uh-huh. thing with me. Now th- what what happens is they they do things like give you. Um, Lateral promotions exactly. right you don 't go up the ladder, you go sideways right and then they promote you into positions that that make you null and void right. right and then um, it 's like it, they, they, they they promote you in the position, knowing that they 're going to get rid of that position that's and right. doing so they could get rid of you that's right. that 's just a strategy that's that they use. I learned that a long right. time what i 'm hearing from you is. It's like you you, you, you you most qualified in what you do. And so employment really isn't an issue with you.
1: Yes, it is. It isn't. Just has
2: nothing it to isn't. do with it, you know what I mean? And,
0: it well, isn't. I'm, I'm, I'm a state-trained maintenance technician. Uh-huh. I hold state training in OSHA uh-huh. and everything, you know. Right. But, but, see, the point is that's what hurts some people because, see, they don't read your resume. Right. So when issues come
2: up and you can speak and you can speak, clarity, you can speak with professionalism right. on something that they didn't know you know, they get upset. This podcast was recorded in the Elizabeth Brown Studios in Baltimore, Maryland.
0: I have been I have been vet- investigating a certain issue concerning some misappropriation of some money from the Baltimore City Housing Authority with a joint partnership with the hill campaign with dpw mm-hmm. now the supervisor tech now the reason i use these names so everything can be perfectly clear it's a supervisor tech and it's the superintendent the superintendent in charge of that particular division mm-hmm. well they, they they did not have a supervisor they did not have a superintendent mm-hmm. so the supervisor tech a gentleman by the name of leroy williams was doing all the duties. Of the superintendent mm-hmm. i later found out that leon Le, leroy williams had a extermination general contractor license which means the baltimore city housing authority exterminators come under his personal license mm-hmm. so they wanted to make leroy williams a superintendent leroy williams turned the job down respectfully yes sir like i was saying leroy williams Title at the Baltimore City Housing Authority is Supervisor Tech, not Superintendent. He was called down 417 to meet with what I believe was Nick Calace, who is the Deputy Director of the Baltimore City Housing Authority. Someone else was in there, but I have not collaborated. Was that the person or not? So I don't want to corroborate. Yeah. To ask. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But one person that I do know, Nick Calace, which is a snake from the pit of hell. Hmm. So. They, they made Leroy Williams an offer to take this superintendent. Leroy Williams stated that he is not interested in the superintendent position. He would like to stay at the uh, supervisor tech. Now, mind you, they owe Leroy Williams close to eighty thousand dollars for using his license, which they've not been compensating for. When Leroy Williams turned down the super the superintendent position, a call came in. From someone who, yet, not yet, I don't want to put the name out there because I can't corroborate it. He mm-hmm. made a racial epithet aligned to, uh, around the lines of, mm-hmm. Leroy Williams was our race. So they tell Leroy Williams, we're suspending you with pay for two weeks. Leroy Williams rose up to leave out of the conference room. Nick Colle jumped in front of the conference room door saying, give me your keys. Give me your phone, give me your ID. Mr. Williams complied and gave the keys and the phone, I mean, excuse me, complied and gave the keys and the ID. The mm-hmm. phone was his own personal Perfect. cell phone. Mm-hmm. So he told him that this my my cell phone. B- so Bubby, say, B- Bubby yes? just, just uh-huh. be careful with your language because every time you do that, I have to dump and We lose eight seconds over air. So just okay. no, no, no N-words and no cuss words. Okay, I'll just repeat what was said to me. Okay, so Mr. Williams tried to exit the conference room. Mm -hmm. Carleys blocked the conference room door. Mr. Williams rushed past Mr. Carleys, who was blocking his entrance, in fact kidnapping him. Mr. Williams left out and went home. Later that day, an arrest warrant was put out for Mr. Williams for assaulting Nick Carleys. Mr. Williams was arrested and spent several jails several days in central Brooklyn. Are you serious? I'm sorry to say, are you serious? That just sounds so unbelievable that they were trying to hold this man against his will. And then when he tried to escape, they put they pressed charges on him so there would be a record that he was arrested? He, he was arrested for several days and now out on bail. But the most sinister thing is, if, if you remember, I mentioned a, a young man who used to be a maintenance technician there named Dern Lyons. And also, Leroy Williams, because they are friends of mine, they figured that they were the ones giving me information. And Janet Abrams instructed her legal staff and her deputy directors to terminate all those who they think are giving me information. But now go back to it, where Mr. Williams stated to me that the union president of the superintendent and the vice president tried to extort him for $20,000. What? Yes, in order for them to help him to recoup the pay and the money, the back money that owed to him, the union president and the vice president tried to extort him. Wow. See, mm-hmm. So we must be we must be perfectly clear with that cesspool at housing leadership that's going on. Now, mind you, the 647 local will represent all the maintenance employees, technicians, and maintenance workers, and mechanics. They are still in. Legal negotiating for a fair contract, and like I told you, Janet Abraham colluded with the former housing commissioner, Dan Henson to contact Glenn Millington, who is the elected director, to get those members to sign off on a deal that is not fair. And nothing has been done. And let me say, I have called for an audit of the extermination department when I was told by someone in the know-down there that it's more than $300,000. That is missing from this program, the Heal campaign. And you know, and you know something that's going on right now: the maintenance employees, which is a union job, mm-hmm. they are working without a contract. And this is what the housing authority used to intimidate the workers to keep the workers from not saying anything. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine under the threat that they will put out the residents if they say anything. I received phone calls, email, text about mold and units and not being properly remediated mm-hmm. when we're talking about kids lives at state, and when you talk about lead paint remember mm-hmm. remember what they did when i was there they seized our vehicles put liens on the vehicles because housing didn't pay the 24.8 million dollar judgment for lead painting poor than our kids what made I mean, this mean, conflict I mean, I mean. and a bigger problem that i proceed at all my years there mm-hmm. you have a local a union you have a council which is Council 67. The council represent the maintenance workers and the supervisors. Is that ask me? That's ask me, okay. under the leadership of Glenard Millington Sr. You have the council that represents the employees and the supervisors, so the employees pay more to the union, for it, the supervisors pay more for the dues, and they get better service than the employees. What? So, yeah. so ask me is compromised. In, in, in the with respect to bringing substantive change. Let, let, let me be perfectly clear. Sharon Green to Middleton's husband is who? Glennon Middleton. Okay. In my situation there, they was totally compromised and totally working in, in concert with the Housing Authority of Baltimore City because they wrote my discipline letter to bring me back what i had to sign so i understand
1: that the union was the in union, militant wow. senior okay now housing itself as as lucky said is not run by the city it is run by HUD mm. so you have you have Baltimore city housing you have the housing authority of Baltimore city and then you have HUD which oversees them both And all the money comes down from from HUD, and Lucky can correct me if I'm wrong, but the money comes down from HUD, and it goes there. Now, there was a big cut in the CDBG money, and this is important. That cut happened because there was some mismanagement of money, and there was a senator, a U.S. senator, Chuck Grassley, who did an investigation on Baltimore City housing. Yes, he did. Right. Conducted an investigation on Baltimore City Housing, and they ended up cutting the CDBG funds. Now, the CDBG funds, for those that don't understand, that is the money that goes to housing council to uh, to fund some of the Section 8 vouchers. It goes that it goes to some of the maintenance stuff and all that kind of stuff. That's what that CDBG money goes. Those community development block grants that our federal legislators get to come into the city. and That money goes for that. That money was cut. So then, what happened is you ended up having all these people that, like to was talking about, that are on this list. They ended up staying on that list because they couldn't get the units ready hmm. to get them into them because the budget was cut, and that what came out of that CDBG money too. So I just wanted to make that point, but I think y'all y'all right on point, and it's been a great show. Well, so, um, so I just wanted to say that, and keep doing what y'all doing. But
2: my podcast is now available on Anchor. FM, Google Podcast, and Spotify. It is also available on Breaker and Radio Public.